From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth Podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Got a great topic for you today. <laughs> One of those heavy, you know, Monday morning topics. The Luciferian timetable and the approaching one world system. Um, yeah, I, I hate to kick off the week like this, but you know what? Uh, oftentimes the topic depends on what's happening in the world and the urgency of the hour, but also it often depends on the guests that we have on a particular day. And I can't wait to uh, talk with Dr. J.B. Hickson, author, conference speaker, pastor, Plum Creek Chapel. That's in Sedalia, Colorado, between Denver and Colorado Springs. He's also the founder of Not By Works Ministries. And one of the books we're going to be diving into today, there's a chapter in Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. We are going to be discussing... Uh, some from Chapter 4, which is called the Luciferian Timetable and Agenda 2030. J.B. Hickson, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Good morning. Hey, David. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, taking the time and uh, edifying and equipping and challenging and waking up the remnant. I'm not sure the remnant needs to be awakened, but maybe just informed. But, um, J.B., before we get into the topic... Uh, the, let's talk about King Charles and the coronation. There was an article we covered last week where I don't remember what, what the source was, but they were asking people to not necessarily bow, but kind of pledge their allegiance to Prince or the King Charles. And uh, we only serve one king, and that's Jesus. And we know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But there's some interesting idolatry happening in the worship of men. I would just love for you to speak uh, to this um, recent event and uh, share your thoughts. Yeah, well, if you know anything about the divine right of kings and you know the whole history of the of, of royalty and that you know royal bloodline, they, they do really believe that the king is uh, divine, so to speak, and you are sort of uh, you know bowing down and and pledging allegiance, if you will, to the to the throne. Hmm. Uh, I talk about King Charles the Third in uh, chapter two of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two, and uh, you know one of the one of his. Uh, Big claims to fame, even well before he, you know, became king when he was Prince Charles, was his furtherance of, uh, you know, the, the satanic reset and particularly the climate hoax. And uh, he initiated yep. a special uh, initiative called Terra Carta back um, on uh, January 11th, 2021. It's a 17-page document that basically uh, proposes a, a climate recovery plan by asserting, quote, the fundamental rights and values of nature. And uh, he chose that term terra carta based on the magna carta from the 13th century, which, of course, was the basis really for all modern systems of law, the British common law and, and the U.S. Constitution, for that matter. But the whole premise of the magna carta, according to now King Charles, is that human beings, uh, you, know, uh, d- you know, do not have... Uh, inalienable God-given, uh, I mean, of the tarot card is that human beings do not have the inalienable human rights, but plants and animals and nature does. And so it's essentially worshiping nature. So I guess it shouldn't surprise us that a guy that worships nature uh, and does not worship God 
uh, would have people bowing down and worshiping him and relishing in the moment. Well, you opened up another can. Um, <laughs> let's go back to chapter two a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about him. We know he's a, a radical leftist environmentalist, a big a globalist guy. And you say on page 32, uh, the climate change hoax is an enormous facet of the great satanic reset it is being used as a pretext to roll out several aspects of the coming one world system. And then you say King Charles the third, formerly Prince Charles, launched an initiative, and then you just uh, mentioned it there, what you were just talking about, the Terra Carta. And um, you continue talking about Pope, Pope Francis and others who are, they're all coming together, converging, all working on this toward the same agenda. But um, what else can you share from as far as King Charles? And he's a very influential, and I don't know how people see him um, over there, I know how many Americans look at that, you know, system and and uh, the king. But um, what what are your thoughts on his involvement in pulling this? His involvement with really the globalists that are pushing this change. Yeah, you know, as I was getting ready for our show this morning, I was reading my devotional. Uh, I always read a proverb a day, and of course, today's uh, May the eighth, so I was in Proverbs eight. And there's a, a little a couplet there that I think is relevant to what we're talking about right now, just as a reminder, because as you said in your opening, we're going to get into some pretty you know, heavy stuff, but uh, Proverbs 8, uh, 15 and 16 says, By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. Mm. In other words, we need to remember that God is, is the ultimate arbiter of uh, control, that he's the one that's uh, really working out his plan of the ages precisely as he wants it to. And yeah, there's some pretty evil people uh, conspiring with Satan to try to defeat God and usher in a one-world religious, political, and economic system. But let us never forget who's really in charge and, and who how this thing ends uh, in, in the end. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of weird stuff going on with, with the King Charles coronation. Uh, I saw one clip that showed uh, the Grim Reaper showing up for the ceremony, uh, just a, a video uh, clip caught this uh, figure that was dressed like the Grim Reaper, a black hoodie and uh, robe and sickle and all, uh, walking outside the front of Westminster Abbey, and it was caught on camera. Not sure what that was about, but even if it was just random and some you know, bystander watching the, uh, the festivities, it certainly has some symbolic uh, significance, I think, as these Luciferians, uh, you know, they love death. Uh, in fact, uh, Proverbs uh, 8, the same proverb, goes on to, to talk about how, uh, you know, all those who hate me love death. And Satan and his earthly accomplices absolutely hate God, and they love death. So before we jump into Chapter 4 and talk about some specifics and some people uh, involved with the Luciferian timetable and Agenda 2030, um, you mentioned uh, Michelle Bachman on uh, Jan Markell's Understanding the Times when you closed out Chapter 3. And this this is really interesting uh, when you talk about how many people have figured out that the state's only plan is mass depopulation and control of the rest of humanity and not enough. And you quote, um, who are you quoting there? Um, Barnett. Is yeah. it? Is it? Okay. Um, I'm looking at, I'm trying to, trying to find the, his first name. Uh, Cat, it, in his article, how many have figured out that the state's only plan is right. mass depopulation and control the rest of humanity? Right. Uh, Gary Barnett, he's a financial advisor and a okay. planner. He, he was a frequent guest on Lou Rockwell. Okay, Gary Barnett. All right, so 
I want to bring in something that we have mentioned, but we haven't had time to really really talk about and look at or even be concerned with, and that is the Deagle population forecast, which sees nearly 70% fewer Americans by the year 2025. That may sound like a, a pretty high number to a lot of people, JB, uh, but I think if we recognize that this started 100 years ago or more, it started, I mean, I don't know, I can't pinpoint it. You would probably be able to speak to this more than me. There was Margaret Sanger and the American Birth Control League. It became Planned Parenthood and the abortion agenda. Then there's the youth, euthanasia, and some were pushing eugenics, and then the, now we've got transgenderism. So there's a lot of ways that we are not going to sustain our population. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that Deagle... Uh Dot com. That's a pretty enigmatic uh, organization. We're not really sure what it's all about. And in <laughs> fact, there have been several sort of spoofed emails. I mean, uh, websites out there spelling it differently, and it's it's really a, a, a strange organization. Um, but the bottom line is that they forecasted. It's it's kind of a military-based uh, organization. They forecasted that by the year 2025, the U.S. population would re- be reduced from 327 million in 2017 to 100 million by 2025. And uh, no explanation, just a series of charts and graphs that kind of show that. So really the, the premise of uh, this chapter, Chapter 4 of Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, is that you know the Luciferians have made no attempts to hide their depopulation effort That's right. really all along. Satan, Jesus said Satan is a murderer from the beginning. He said he comes to kill and destroy uh, he is a he's a killer, and he wants this earth for himself. He has several motivations, obviously, to kill. One is he's targeting God, and mankind is God's highest pinnacle of creation, made in the image of God. To no other part of creation did God say, you know, you are made in our image, uh, talking about the Godhead. And so Satan is particularly, uh, you know, hateful toward and antagonistic toward mankind, humanity. So, but not only that, his human counterparts, the the, the human side of the of the conspiracy, you know, they want this playground for themselves. And, and as you all know, Harari has said repeatedly, most human beings are not necessary. They're in the way. We only need them as lab rats. I mean, these are his quotes. Uh, he didn't use the word lab rat, at least he probably did, but not in the ones that I've seen. But he did say that, you know, most of us are unnecessary un- and unuseful, except, of course, and this is the quote, uh, for the purpose of gathering data. So, in mm. other words, they could use us to get data from and to experiment on, like they did with the uh, the great uh, pre-planned uh, pandemic. But other than that, we don't anything that we do, they can recreate with AI. So they hate humanity. That's what the transhumanist agenda is all about. Uh, they think they can do better than God, and so they're trying to simultaneously show that God's highest pinnacle of creation is worthless. Uh, he does not have. We do not have gender. We do not have you know the image of God in man. We're just just useless breathers. And at the same time, he's wanting to elevate his creation of quote you know humanity, transhumanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a position higher than that of God, so thereby showing that he's really the supreme. But, of course, we know it's not going to end well. Well, this it's fascinating that uh, you start the chapter with this sentence, the closer the Luciferians get to the culmination of their evil plan, the more they telegraph it. And all you need to do for people that want to do research, you can find it. This is in their own words, and this is, this goes back 
many, many, many decades where they're they're telegraphing their plans. Then it's just that it hasn't been on our radar. I think until maybe COVID, maybe twenty twenty, maybe before some people were paying attention to Agenda twenty thirty. But uh, JB, there, they, you're absolutely right. They are telegraphing it, and almost like they're emboldened to say, "Hey, no one's going to stop us anyway." And the church is not resisting; they're not even awake. So, your thoughts on that? Because I don't think there's anything that's holding them back at this point. Yeah, it's they think it's a fait accompli. They they uh, they've kind of got to the to the to the one yard line, and they think uh, it's it's just a matter of time before they push it across the goal line. Now they've been trying, obviously, for six thousand years. Satan's been trying to take over this world. Uh, he's the god of this age. Uh, the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. John tells us in First John five. So we know this that this this battle that is raging is not about flesh and blood. It's a cosmic battle between. God and Satan. It started out in the heavenlies when Satan attempted a coup, uh, and uh, God, uh, of course, defeated it, cast Satan and uh, a third of the angels out of heaven, and ever since then, Satan's uh, playground has been this earth. Of course, he targeted Adam and Eve, and he's been targeting all of humanity ever since then. But, you know, the the interesting thing that I think people don't understand about this uh, conspiracy is that there is a very well-identified, well-documented human side to it. And, you know, the Luciferian conspiracy involves Satan, evil spirits, and human accomplices. Those mm-hmm. are the three parties to the conspiracy. And uh, I'm in the midst of a series right now on Tuesday nights at Plum Creek Chapel, uh, in which I'm talking about the spiritual side of that, Satan's, you know, evil spirits that are conspiring with him. But really, the two Spirit of the Antichrist books focus on the earthly side of it. And one huge aspect of that, David, as we're talking about today, is this, you know, this target timetable. And what's amazing, and what I document in this chapter of the book, is that for some reason, they have chosen the year 2025 to give a lot of attention hmm. to. And that's why, you know, I quoted that Deagle uh, report, because it, it, you know, strangely, it mentions 2025. Um, you know, I, I talk in the chapter called, uh, or I mean, in the, in the section of this chapter called the Roaring Twenties, yeah. I talk about the, the strange number of references over the last 100 years, uh, you know, to to the to the 2020s, and uh, you see it in books, you see it in movies, um, you know, it's it's just really interesting. But what's really bizarre, and this is what connects, I think, the the satanic element of this agenda, uh, is if you go back to you know Helena Blavatsky and Alice Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, you know Alice Bailey, uh, you know in her books, you know she wrote, um, you know I don't know ten several thousand ten thousand I think it was pages of uh, you know uh, books and writings, most of them published after her death. Um, but uh, listen to the way the Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, describes her, you know, Illuminati organization because she claims, by the way, to get all of her information from a demon. That's she right. Even, That's right. Gives him a name, uh, Master DK, and uh, but you know these are, you know, the, the Illuminati are had its foundings in Weisskopf, and he recruited, uh, you know, people all across the globe, uh, and eventually, as we read about in Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, you know, got into governments, got into you know uh, royalty, like we were talking about with King Charles, uh, uh, you know, Scottish kings, uh, d- different regents, and even priests in the Catholic Church. And so, uh, this is a well-documented 
connection. Now, if you don't under if you don't believe the Bible and you're not a biblicist, then of course you you think it's just some power hungry earthly group that's seeking to you know have power and riches. Um, and certainly on the lower levels, that is what their motivation is. But we need to understand, David, this is a satanic conspiracy at its core. But, you know, Alice Bailey, what's strange is 15 times in her, you know, documents, she, she quotes the, 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 uh, you know, the year, the year 2025. And this was the 1930s. Wow. So, I mean, this is, this is not something that you can really explain other than the fact that it's, um, you know, yeah, and I found, I found the, the the documents here. She wrote ten thousand pages, which became twenty four books. Mm-hmm. She and her husband, by the way, are the ones that founded the the Lucifer Publishing Company. That's right. <laughs> which later be, was renamed the Lucius Publishing uh, Company. But uh, you know, she she talks about the year twenty twenty five as being the final year of this satanic conclave when the forces of evil are going to get together for one final meeting which they have every 100 years wow um, and uh, you know she was living at the time when according to this you know satanic view they were having one of these conclaves and she's writing and this demon is telling her that in another 100 years it'll be the final one and we will finally have mastered the world and ushered in our one world system so yeah i mean it's uh it's way beyond coincidence mm-hmm. it shows us that there's some you know higher satanic power at work that truly is uh, trying to roll out this new world order. Yeah, these are fascinating times that we're in, and hindsight's of course twenty twenty. But you write in the book that um, they have been referencing this decade that we're in now for at least a century, and uh, you also mentioned that the manufactured COVID pandemic that kicked off this decade represents an inflection point. In human history, but was so. Are you saying um, Alice Bailey? We know she was a follower of Helena Blavatsky. Did she kind of? Is there kind of like a mantle that that was picked up by Bailey? And I mean, the Lucifer Publishing Company—they're not even trying to mask this. And that was a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, remember they think Lucifer's the hero, right? So right. when they read the Genesis account, God is the antagonist, mm. and and he was trying to you know, deceive Adam and Eve, and, and Lucifer is the hero. And so they worship him, they dedicate their books to him, like Saul Alinsky did, uh, and they talk about him, you know, widely. Uh, and that's why, you know, I explain in Volume 1 of this series that, that this, the Luciferian conspiracy is not just some made-up sensational term. It's a both biblical concept and, you know, actual term that they use uh, to refer to their uh, group. But, yeah, she was a disciple of Helena Blavatsky. Okay. I'm sure on some level she felt like she was picking up the mantle. But there's an interesting book uh, out there uh, by uh, Stephen Chernikiev, who has done a lot of research on this. I don't know if he's a believer or not, certainly not endorsing everything he wrote. But on the the book, in the book, he, he really deals with each of these references to the year 2025. And on the back of the book, there's a blurb where he writes, quote, this, or whoever, his publicist or somebody wrote, quote, this is a very handy little book for those wishing to apprise themselves of the urgency of the year 2025. It is the year that the masters meet in their once-in-a-century conclave. And so that's what Bailey was uh, was talking about. So you have to wonder, you know, what she knew that, uh, that you know, that was being revealed to her demonically. Now, I, I want to hasten to add here, and I know your listeners have heard me say this before, but... 
we understand that just because this is their plan, it does not mean it's going to come about on their timetable, right? You know, God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. He has said in Second Peter 3.9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So he wants to give people as much time as he can to change their mind and come to faith alone in Christ alone, the only way anyone can ever be saved from the penalty of sin. And, and we don't know what his timetable is, but certainly... You know, as we're sensitive to our enemy, the devil, who's prowling around like a roaring lion. You know, First Peter five seven uh, or five eight. We ought to. We ought to. You know, it, it behooves us to know their timetable, uh, not because we're scared of it, mm-hmm. uh, but because hey, if you know the enemy's playbook, it can give you a better opportunity to prepare and and stand up to it. So I think all signs, uh, you know, are pointing toward some major developments that were kicked off at the beginning of the 2020s. Uh, In Volume 1, we have a whole chapter, over 50 pages, documenting that the uh, COVID pandemic was pre-planned for over 20 years, rolled out right on cue, part of a much larger agenda uh, to, you know, bring about this control grid. Um, And and, and indeed, that's, that's what's happened. And, you know, then we see things like, you know, formerly Agenda 21 uh, back in at the Rio conference in 1992, uh, which then became Agenda 2030. Um, Agenda 21 was talking about the 21st century, not the year 2021, but the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they did pretty well getting yep. this century started with a trajectory toward a one-world system. But now in the, you know, in these end times, with, with Klaus Schwab and, and, and the World Health Organization and other globalist organizations, they are pushing fast for us to be in a one-world system by the end of this decade. So w- let's go back to under this subtitle or subheading, Satan's Marching Orders. You've got a, a really an eye-opening quote from a man named Rudolf Steiner, an uh, Austrian philosopher and psychic, apparently. Um, now, he died in 1925. Um, you mentioned uh, 13 years to the day before Klaus Schwab was born, but this was over a hundred years ago. Do you want to share the quote, or do you want me to read it and then you comment on it? Yeah, let me read it. Sure. It, he said, um, "This again is Rudolf Steiner. He was an Austrian philosopher, a psychic. Uh, he was the founder of Anthroposophy, which is a, another satanic spiritual movement with its roots in Theosophy. But he said, quote, in the future." And remember, the stunning thing is, you know, this was, you know, in you know nineteen in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> he died in nineteen twenty-five. So, okay. um, in the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a quote healthy point of view, there will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth, so that uh, the body cannot develop the thought of the existence of a soul and spirit materialistic doctors will be entrusted with the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this or that disease, so in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. Wow. Just a... I mean, that, that's exactly, David, what's happening. Wow. And If you know much about the Gateway Project, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago at our Prophecy Night on Tuesday nights, you can check out that video, uh, and some other CIA programs like MKUltra, they are doing everything they can 
to capture the mind and soul of young people so that down the road, after the rapture, when the Antichrist is in charge and the false prophet is in charge of you know, rolling out the, uh, the, the control grid and the mark of the beast, people will really not feel like they have a choice. They will be just you know, controlled beings who simply do what the, the triggers tell them to do. What's their goal, JB? Because they they obviously don't they're not aware of the doctrine of the rapture and the uh, the, the doctrine of you know what's going to happen after Christians are removed and uh, they they probably maybe have never read it but they're yes yes they're pushing these things. What are they trying to do? What is their goal? Well, remember at the top of the conspiracy they are aware of that because Satan certainly is aware. Okay, okay, right, he, right. He understands the Bible Bible prophecy, understands God's plan. He's read God's playbook. Now he doesn't believe it, but that's why as I describe in the book, I believe uh, you know, World War II was such a pivotal point and that's why we saw an uptick of paranormal activity, UFO activity which we believe is uh, demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the biblical worldview of that. Um, because he saw Israel emerge as a nation. He knows that according to God's plan, Israel plays a role in the end times. And so Satan thought, wow, we must be getting close, or God must be getting close. So he ramped up the activity in the spiritual realm. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, you know, it's just gotten worse uh, since then. But you're right. I think at the lower levels, you know, the, the mid range levels of this conspiracy. Most people have no idea they're pawns in the game of a Luciferian-run system. So their motivations are power, uh, riches, uh, you know, sexual perversion, just all of the the worst parts of the depravity of man. Um, But, you know, the fact of the matter is Satan is really pulling the strings, not perfectly or monolithically. There are mistakes in his plan because uh, we're dealing with depraved people and competing agendas and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of uh, inner inner fighting and so forth. But I think the, the big picture goal, as I've said, is they want to depopulate the earth. Um, people should go back and listen. In March, I did a uh, message at the Orlando Prophecy Summit called Bloodlust, Exposing the Luciferian Depopulation Agenda. Uh, you can get the video from prophecywatchers.com or just listen to the audio at notbyworks.org. But, you know, the, it, I d- outlined in there and documented all of the different ways that they are seeking to kill. They truly do have a lust for blood. Yes. And uh, especially when it comes to satanic ritual abuse and uh, pedophilia and some of those things, mm-hmm. they are just uh, they're just sick individuals. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they, they, they see the world as a as a playground, or, or think of it like a, a theme park, metaphorically. And to them, if they had all of the resources of this world to themselves, and all of these other you know, millions and billions of people weren't running around and getting in the way, it would be a much more pleasurable experience for them. So there's nothing new under the sun, and we've got three minutes left in this segment, J.B., but I can't help but think when you mentioned bloodlust, uh, this goes back to the Old Testament. They were sacrificing their children on the altar of Molech and, you know, passing their children through the fire, so to speak. And they just beat the drums louder so, so they couldn't hear the children scream. Uh, I, I can't help but think of Planned Parenthood and what they've been able to accomplish in America with our tax dollars. Just your thoughts. We've got two minutes. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, uh, they sit back and laugh at the thought that, you know, somehow... You know, we are uh, unwitting, uh, you know, participants yeah. in, in this, you know, this agenda. It's really sad. Um, yes. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Planned Parenthood, of course, was one of the leading eugenics programs, but it was not alone. I mean, every major city in America in the first part of the 20th century had a eugenics office, and they taught, based on Darwinian thought, that, you know, people could be feeble-minded and that we could figure out who those feeble-minded people were and we ought to banish them from the earth. Now, who were the feeble-minded Americans that they wanted to get rid of? Well, it was people of color, people with malformities, maybe a, you know, a, a deformed leg or something, uh, people that had mental handicaps, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, people that today we understand every human being is made in the image of God, right. and the limitations of the physical body in no way speak to the value and sanctity of the human soul, mm. and yet to them it did. And so they were doing everything they can to breed you know, within themselves, create a master race. It really going, goes back to royalty as well. You know, if you think about what the, uh, you know, the, the Illuminati and the bloodlines there, like we were just talking about King Charles, they love to, to breed within themselves, you know, and they've got you know, brothers marrying sisters and cousins marrying cousins and so Jeez. forth because they believe they're the only pure line. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, Satan is obsessed with death, no question about it. Remember, he told Eve, you know, you won't die. He lied. God said, when you, when you eat this fruit, you're going to die. Satan said, no, God's a liar. You're not going to die. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot more coming up, friends, with J.B. Hickson talking about the Luciferian timetable, the approaching one world system. More on Agenda 2030 when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Our guest is J.B. Hickson, and in Chapter 4 of his latest book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, at the bottom of page 61, uh, J.B., I want you to comment on this. We alluded to it. You referenced this earlier, but we didn't read this quote from Alice Bailey. And this is from, um, well, about the year 2025, which is one about a 100 years ago. She said, very great changes will be seen to have taken place until 2025. And again, this is post-World War II. That was a key, uh, that was a catalyst. And then she says, and these changes have increased in activity and speed. In 2025, all probability... The date will be set sometime into the future for the first stage of the reappearance of the spiritual hierarchy on Earth in physical form. And then she talks about the structure of the World Federation of Nations, and we could go on. But what what is she talking about, the reappearance of the spiritual hierarchy? Yeah, so she's talking about the Antichrist. She doesn't realize it, but remember, the Antichrist is Satan's man of the hour, whom he will indwell, who will you know, rule the world for seven years prior to the Battle of Armageddon, Mm -hmm. at which time he and his sidekick, the false prophet, will be utterly destroyed and cast into the lake of fire. So, uh, yeah, she's talking about the climax of this spiritual battle. And remember, you know, she's writing this sometime in the 1920s and 30s. It was published posthumously uh, after she died. But either way, we're still talking about roughly 100 years before Mm -hmm. the dates that she mentions. And she says this will all take place by the year 2025. And uh, they they just believe they are marching towards a, you know, takeover of of the world, a global system. 
And one of the things that I talk a lot about in the books is that they, in order to do that, they've got to destroy America. America is the one nation that's really standing in the way of mm-hmm. this full-spectrum global you know, control grid. And that's why we see such a, you know, really a violent, profound attack yes. right now in America. And David, I know you've had guests on that have talked about this. I know you feel the same way. But it just seems like just in the last few years, two or three years, we've seen massive uh, shifts in the cultural makeup of this country, the worldview, uh, you know, gay marriage, gender surrender. Um, you know, I, I was filling out uh, a passport renewal for uh, my wife and some of our kids uh, in anticipation of some travel. And, you know, it, the new passport renewal forms uh, that I was just looking at yesterday under gender now give you the option to check a box that says you've changed your gender since your last passport. What? And now want to go by a new gender. Oh, my I mean, goodness. I'm just sitting here thinking, this is, uh, if I didn't see it in black and white, <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. I yeah. mean, it's just stuff of fantasy land. Yeah. Yet it's reality here in America because they are desperately seeking, uh, just wow. as these Luciferians like Alice Bailey have predicted, uh, to make this the final decade. Wow, ABC, anything but Christ. Um, JB, this is very prophetic, and I, if I can use that word when you're talking about Alice Bailey and what she was saying, uh, and it's, and it's, and so you know it's demonic. You know it's demonic when they can be that, this accurate, talking about the World Federation of Nations, talking about, um, she said, um, it'll be organized with its outer form taking shape by 2025. Do not infer from this that we shall have perfected a world religion and a complete community of nations. But then she goes on and says control of the world's resources will increasingly come under the control of those people whose primary motivation is that of service and goodwill. Right. Uh, and then she mentions again by 2025. But before we jump to 2030, Agenda 2030, let's take a brief stop, as you mentioned earlier, in the Roaring Twenties. And anything you want to share about this. But one thing I remember do, in my research uh, going back to the 20s, that was when Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood, or at the time America's Birth Control Leave League, really took off because she had prominent uh, people, including pastors, including prominent uh, black leaders in the black community working with her, thinking that they were doing their the inner cities a service by depopulating minorities. And that's where, still to this day, almost 100 years later to this day, 79% of Planned Parenthood abortion mills are in minority neighborhoods, uh, but nobody wants to connect those dots. So your thoughts on that, th- what kicked off in the 20s with the roaring 20s, along with that time, was adultery and feminism and and abortion and all these other things. Yeah, so I kind of make the uh, the tongue-in-cheek comparison between the, the roaring 20s as a historical time period in this country and the striking number of references in the literature to the 2020s as being sort of a climactic uh, decade. You know, here's one example. Alfred McCoy is the Fred Harvey Harrington Professor of History at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is a, you know, basically a socialist uh, outpost yep. there. Yep. And uh, he's, uh, you know that as well as anybody <laughs> yeah. in Wisconsin. But um, he describes, uh, McCoy describes uh, the coming 2020s as a, quote, demoralizing decade of rising prices, stagnant wages, and fading international competitiveness, read One World Government. 
But he says the problems that America was seeing in 2017 would get progressively worse, reaching, quote, a critical mass no later than 2030. Hmm. He says the American century proclaimed so triumphantly at the start of World War II may already be tattered and fading by 2025, and except for some finger-pointing, could be over by 2030. And so that's just one example. That, that chapter goes on to list multiple independent references to the year 2025, like the Deagle.com report that we mentioned, that's right. American movies like Soylent Green. Um, you know, you, you, you've got... Uh, just the Spars pandemic, uh, which is another uh, you know, exercise, uh, kind of like Event 201 was in advance of mm-hmm. uh, the, the COVID pandemic. All of these things referencing the year 2025 or thereabouts. Um, and then I cite several authors that uh, you know have put that that decade inexplicably in the title of their book. Even you know so-called conservative. Uh, pundits like Pat Buchanan, you know, will America survive to 2025, things like that. So, you know, I just thought it was an interesting uh, survey, if you will, uh, of how Mm -hmm. people out there seem to be aware on some level that this is a pivotal decade. And one of the things, by the way, uh, Patrick Buchanan, um, his book title was Suicide of a Superpower. Once again, going back to this quote by Abraham Lincoln that we will never be destroyed from the outside, we will destroy ourselves from within. I just paraphrased it basically, but a lot of people have said that same thing. We're doing it to ourselves in part by the church backing out of their engagement and lack of prayer and and other things, but also by electing the certain kind of leaders. We are really, it's suicide from within. Yeah, it is, and that's biblical. You know, uh, it's, it's ultimately it's a spiritual battle, mm-hmm. and yes. you know, the manifestations yes. of evil uh, aren't, you know, the, the cause. The cause is a heart issue. And, you know, I'd like to comment, if I may, on the, on the whole apostasy within the Church, because, you know, I still hear people today uh, who are talking about how uh, the Church is waking up, and people are waking up, and the Luciferians will never be able to pull another one over on us like they did the pandemic and this and that. I, I strongly disagree. I mean, I think 70%, the statistics say, of people globally took the uh, the vaccine, uh, which we know now that that was a very dangerous uh, decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that the Luciferians were happily uh, stunned at how easily it was to perpetrate such a major lie. Remember Hitler's, you know, the big lie concept, the bigger the lie, the easier it is to be believed. And uh, so I think they are <laughs> chomping at the bits for whatever comes next, and they are optimistic. In fact, a lot of their writings are now suggesting that they can push the timetable up. What used to be 2030 as kind of their finish line is now, you know, 26, 27. Uh, you know, they, they want to have this rolled out. Just think about the, the Fed Now program, which was uh, the timeline for that was moved up. Now it's going to be put in place by this summer. Uh, the CBDC, digital currencies, have been rolled out all across the world. Um, I, I think they're, they really believe that they will be able to pull another one over on most people. And, and I'm afraid, you know, they're right. Most Christians don't know how to test the spirits and see if they are of God, First John 4 1. That's right. I think they saw, JB, how much they, how, how much ground they were able to gain. In America, of course, around the world, due to COVID and the policies, government policies and lockdowns and everything else, but in America, and that's been their goal, really, from the start. 
Uh, if you can take down America, you can conquer the world. I mean, you don't want to think America is this big thing that's going to last forever. We're not permanent. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, come on, they, that could never happen here. But now we're opening our eyes and saying, okay, wow, they've really been able to accomplish a lot. Um, before we get into a little bit more of the 2030 uh, agenda, JB, mentioned, um, we, we, I saw this article recently on FedNow. Um, they're rolling something out in July. Uh, do you, what do you know about that? Yeah, so FedNow is basically the technological architecture that will allow the central bank digital currencies uh, to function smoothly. FedNow is basically a new system where all banks and ultimately all people will be able to tr- do transactions instantly. So you know how now when you when you transfer money with an EFT or even a wire transfer, it can take you know with wire transfers it can take you know sometimes several hours with normal EFT transactions it can take several days depending mm-hmm. on the banks after the fed now system is rolled out and, and all the banks have you know adopted it which they will this summer uh, they've already done the training exercises i've talked to bankers about this the fed now system will make it instantaneous so if you transfer money it will be you know available on the spot there'll no longer be a waiting period and that system is is only necessary is only uh, uh, possible now because of technological advancements, and it is necessary for them to roll out what Klaus Schwab and uh, the, the World Economic Forum have been talking about in terms of the global control grid, where they can use a digital currency uh, tied to tokens to track everything you do. You'll have a social credit score, a carbon credit score. You'll have a credit score based on you know what you know what you eat and where you travel and what you say that's the social credit score and if they're going to use that as they say they are to control your behavior i mean i've watched and i've, I've quoted these in some of my messages uh forums and seminars at the world economic forum where they're coming out boldly and saying yeah this is going to be a helpful tool because we can use it to control people's behavior so if they're going to do that it has to have instantaneous uh, capability. You know, if you're if you're traveling across a border five miles from your home, and, and they're going to kind of try to confine everybody to five to fifteen mile radiuses, if they're going to stop you at that border based on something associated with your digital ID, it's got to be instant. Mm-hmm. They can't run a check and say, you know, what did you do three days ago? You know, they've got to know instantly. Wow. So the Fed now is basically the architecture that will allow the CBDCs to, to, to function smoothly. Fascinating. I mean, we've read a little bit about these 15-minute cities, so-called, uh, where they're going to try to put everything you know, locally and, and, and everything within 15 minutes that you need to survive. And I, I think, wasn't Portland a place that was trying to do that? I mean, we're, this was in the U.K., I think. But I think there, there, there was a place, I think it was Portland, uh, they were looking into trying to do this, and it's it's I, I can't see that happening. But you're right; if they can control you in, in the moment and have some sort of access to you, whether that be financially or or otherwise, they tracking you. Like Yuval Harari said, uh, humans are just tr- uh, trackable uh, creatures, right? We're, we're hackable animals. Yeah, I think yeah is what yeah. he said. So yeah, we we can see now how little of this can come together. But they had some grandiose statements when they predicted what was coming in the world for 2030. And you've got them in your book on page 68. And we haven't talked about this for a while. But number one was just, come on, really? Are people really going to believe this, that we won't have personal or private property? 
but we'll be okay with that? It says you'll own nothing and be happy? I don't understand. I guess they're, they're thinking that, yeah, people will be convinced that uh, less is more. I don't know. How do you explain that, J.B.? Yeah, so again, it, it goes to their view of humanity. We are just, as you quoted from Harari, hackable animals. We're just lab rats. So, of course, the lab rat can't own the lab. The, the lab rat can't own the equipment. He's just a, a tool in the game. So that's their number one agenda. You will own nothing and be happy about it. This is the 2030 agenda. Yeah. And what people need to understand is the Luciferians are very patient. They, they are in it for the long game. Um, you know, we react to every news item, and we and, and we say, "Oh, this means the rapture is going to happen tomorrow." Well, that's not really the best approach. They they've been at this for a long time, methodically trying to take over. Again, Agenda 2030 really began in 1992 with the Rio uh, Climate Summit and and the rollout of Agenda 21. So they started with, "Hey, what what will the 21st century look like?" And then they systematically got. You know, almost every nation involved. Remember, if you go to the United Nations website, it says, quote, Agenda 21 is a comprehensive plan of action to be taken globally, nationally, and locally hmm. by organizations of the United Nations systems, governments, and major groups. So, uh, you know, I know even small towns. Uh, you know, I've talked to mayors where they, you know, were received funds from the United Nations to put, you know, traffic lights in and cameras in and other oh. you know, tracking systems in. Uh, I mean, tiny cities with yeah. thousand people in them. So the United that Agenda Twenty One really was the beginning of this concerted effort. Then you fast forward now to Agenda Twenty Thirty, and and that says, okay, you know, and that came about. Uh, 23 years later, by the way, on September 25th, 2015, when they adopted the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And, you know, they, they want to, uh, uh, you know, as Leo Holman put it, it's the goal of the technocratic proprietors of Agenda 2030 to catalog, map out, and monitor every living thing on Earth. Mm. It's the Internet of Things. And so now... Uh, having convinced everybody that because of a you know a flu-like virus, they need to give up all their rights, stay locked down, wear useless masks, take an experimental bio-gene-altering injection, uh, and people lined up to do it. Um, now they're thinking, wow, this was easier than we thought. So they're thinking they might cross the finish line before 2030, uh, if unless the Lord intervenes and says, nope, not my time. Uh, and he could do that. He definitely could do that. Today's technology um, is happening faster than what many of us had even imagined. But those three things that you, you just shared from Leo Homan, catalog, map out, and monitor, um, you can already do that. And, and, I mean, people can keep track of where their children are. You can, you can you know, keep your, turn your system on and watch your home. You know, watch, uh, you know, th- interesting, though, the only thing they don't have cameras in the public school classrooms. I wonder why. But anyway, as far as out in the, out in the public, banks have them. A lot of streets have them. Uh, a lot of homes have these ring doorbells you can see out onto the street. But inside homes, you can turn on computers. You can turn on electronics. The fascinating with all the technology coming together, and and it's seemingly such a short time. But it's the, of course, the technology has been in development for many many years. But it seems like JB, as as you have said, it is all coming together. It's all really coming to a head where this can really be rolled out more effectively. 
Yeah, and they, they diabolically, just in, in, in keeping with Satan's methodology, use terms that sound appealing, like smart cities, smart thermom- you know, smart uh, thermostats, smart yeah. uh, refrigerators, <laughs> smart TVs, smart phones. Yeah. Uh, and as I think it was Catherine Austin Fitz said, whenever you hear the word smart, just think spy. Mm. Uh, they're spying on you. Yes. Uh, and, and, and so I remember years ago, uh, we had some property, and they were they were driving around uh, installing smart meters. Fortunately, our property was gated; you couldn't get in. Uh, but they showed up to to put in the smart meters, and uh, they buzzed us from the gate. And I walked to the end of the uh, entrance there and met them at the gate. And I said, "What can I do for you? Oh, we're here to install your smart meter." And I said, "No, you're not." And uh, well, they came back with managers with a whole crew. They they were just bullying us, insisting that this was required. And I said, "It's not required. You don't have permission to come on my property." And fortunately, we had dogs and so forth. And so they never did there. But in Colorado Springs, which is uh, in my home state of Colorado now, uh, they are rolling out smart uh, meters everywhere you go, and they're not wow. making it uh, possible to opt out. I mean, technically, there's a process to opt out. But they control that process, and basically they can flag anybody they want and say, you're not eligible to opt out. So, I mean, it's they, the technology is the key. Yes. Uh, it's, it's what uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski talked about in his 1970s book. You know, it's this technocratic age, a technocracy, mm. because they're not omniscient. They're not like God. They can't control everything sovereignly, uh, omnisciently. So they've got to have a tool to be able to see, follow, and track everybody, and that's yeah. what this technocracy is all about. Fascinating. JB, I don't know if you remember if you, you were watching much TV uh, 10 years ago, um, but I remember this show that Jim Caviezel starred in called Person of Interest. Do you, do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, we watched it. We watch a lot of those that shows. That was fascinating. research because they're awake. And yes. That one was it talked about a global cabal that was really tracking everybody with their bit buckets and their yeah. you know fusion centers. Yeah, no, we remember it well. It was fascinating because they, basically the idea was they they could follow someone almost anywhere around town because of the different cameras and different tracking systems and different devices. And uh, it's it was a little creepy, a, a little uh, somewhat prophetic of what's what we're seeing as far as their goals and what's being rolled out now. Um, so, JB, we've got four minutes left, and I know we could continue this conversation talking about the World Economic Forum and, and more of the, specifically the goals they're talking about, but how does a person respond, a Christian, obviously, who believes the importance of the gospel and getting out there? That's got to be a top priority, but when it comes to managing things while we're here, a lot of people say, well, Christians, you're just irresponsible because you don't care about what happens to the planet. And as we know, Second Peter 3, everything will burn with intense heat. But we are called to take care of what we have within our power. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't believe in recycling, but it, it does mean that we understand human beings come first. But this agenda seems like it's just the opposite. How do we respond to that? Well, you don't care about sustainable development. You don't care about the planet or the, the climate and all that. So how? give us a couple pointers on how we can respond to some of these talking points. Yeah, well, first of all, not to be... Not to sound angry, but when when the Luciferians and the progressives start caring about the innocent children in the womb, I'll start recycling my tin cans. Okay, yeah. let's, let's start there. Let's get Amen. our priorities straight. Yes, you know, they're criticizing us for re- not recycling and not caring about Mother Earth when they're slaughtering babies by yeah. the millions. But uh, yeah, I mean, yes. I think obviously we need to have a biblical worldview and. 
the passage that is the premise for my two-volume set, Spirit of the Antichrist, which, by the way, I think most folks by now know, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, to check out those books. But the premise is from 1 John 4, 3, which tells us the Spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world today. But let's go back, or let's go to the very next verse. That's the one that gives us comfort and gives us kind of a, a, a regulating principle for how we navigate these unsettling times, because it reminds us in verse 4, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen. So I think believers need to you know, get their eyes off of all of the chaos of the world, stay rooted in the Scripture uh, every day, begin the day by, by looking at God's Word, interpreting everything that's happening through the lens of Scripture, and uh, you know, God will begin... Uh, to kind of show us what we need to do. But yeah, we need to we need to understand the urgency of the hour. We need to heed the warning of Proverbs 22:3 that the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. It mm. uh, doesn't mean we don't trust the Lord. Obviously, right. preparedness and faith are are not mutually exclusive, but at the same time, if you just stick your head in the sand, uh things are are unraveling rapidly and at some point, you know, you're going to ha- you're going to end up, you know, caught with your pants down. So I think it's time for, for Christians to wake up. First Thessalonians 5, 6 reminds us that, you know, we are not of uh, the night uh, or of the dark, but we're of the day. And it's high time that, you know, Christians uh, wake up. Let us not sleep as others do, verse 6, but let us watch and be sober. So, uh, you know, I think thankfully we have the Lord on our side. Uh, nothing man can do to us. Uh, we understand the big picture. And uh, we say, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Wise words, JB. And thank you for that reminder, too, because I think part of the reason we're here that we got here is because a lot of people either got too busy, for whatever reason, apathy is a big one, but got too busy, stopped paying attention, and maybe stopped caring enough to continue to share the gospel and speak the truth to a lot of these issues in our culture. Would you say that's correct? Oh, no question, yeah. No, no question. We've been asleep at the wheel, and we're just, uh, like Jesus talked about with the parable of the sower, we're just distracted by the mm. cares of this world. Yes, so let's rally the remnant, friends. After having done everything, stand and continue to uh, just just do what the Lord's called you to do in your sphere of influence in your family and your community. Uh, JB, again, what what a massive volume. Both of these books, uh, the Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, volume one and two. Just there's so much information in there. And I encourage people as they read through my book, your book, any of these books that are out there on what's going on and a lot of information, make sure that you are in the book, the word of God to balance everything else out. You said it very, uh, much better than I did a, a couple minutes ago where you said you've got to keep maintain that biblical worldview as we see these things happening and we know the day of the Lord is approaching. Brother, we appreciate you so much. God bless you and your ministry. Thanks. God bless. All right. Tomorrow, friends, we've got Robert Meyer back with us. Hasn't been on for a while. He is a columnist over at Renew America, and we'll get get caught up with him, talk about some recent articles and some recent happenings, even here with the Wisconsin Supreme Court and that election uh, last month. Also, you will hear from T.A. McMahon on Wednesday. Wayne Allen Root is on the podcast author of The Great Patriot Bicot Book and others. And also, Mark and Amber Archer of Fearless Features. They uh, wrote, or they produced a documentary, Mind Polluters, and it's phenomenal. We're going to get an update on them and their new project called Dysphoria. That's on Friday. A loaded week again. We appreciate our guests and their expertise, but we also appreciate you sharing 
the podcast. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.